he got tea all over the world's smallest man. So go on. Three, two, one. Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of the D Trout Spinners with Miles Pennell and Gary Forrestal. How you doing, mate? You alright? Yeah. On this glum day. Yeah, not too. It's very glum, very glum. And the weather, I was just saying to you off air, it's finally turned to big coat time. Like I wore my big coat, and uh, it sounds like a Michael McIntyre routine. Oh, you wore the big coat. Um, but yeah, it was uh, it was pretty chilly. Yeah, I, someone laughed at me because I was wearing a coat in a pub because I just looked so out of place. And it was just like a sort of mild evening a couple of weeks back. And I was like, yeah, but you can joke. Miles wears, I, I met with Miles in London on probably <laughs> oh, yeah. one of the hottest days of the year. Like it was about three or four years ago. And he was wearing a full moleskin. He doesn't like me using that phrase, but he's a moleskin jacket. Thick. And I just couldn't believe it. I was in shorts t-shirt that was it he was in jeans like an undertaker it looked like yeah i've got quite weak skin when it comes to the cold weather sort of penetrates me quite hard i get quite did you get cold yeah well okay so uh, no i was gonna i'm I'm actually gonna go there because we don't even gonna go there i'm not even gonna go but um have seen this filth but yeah it's it's uh yeah you know up and down is you know things are things are all right in general and um it's a big day i know you said you were going to mention it yourself but like it is it because you know i remember this day i wasn't particularly at the time particularly into them but certainly looking back it's the album that's most kind of special to me and uh the uh what's the story morning glories release and i just want to say something like People think, oh, if you say you're a fan of Oasis, you're just trying to be in with the crowd because everyone likes Oasis. So it's not cool to say you like Oasis, but I don't care. I like Oasis. But if, amongst Oasis fans, it's not that cool to say that What's the Story, Morning Glory is your favourite album because it's like it's the commercial album. It's the album that did best. So most people like to say, oh, you know, no, it's it's, it's one any one of the others, you know, that didn't do so well, which makes them seem like more of a music connoisseur. But I'm not I unashamedly say this is probably my favourite album of all time. And yeah, we certainly play it to death, don't we? So when we, when we meet, <laughs> well, I didn't even say actually it's 20. The, the anniversary is it's 25 years old today. Definitely, maybe is is a better album, I think, overall. But what Story Morning Glory means more to me. Um, and then after being out. But what Story Morning Glory is the biggest selling album Oasis ever did by, by a long, long way. Um, well, I was going to ask you, Gary, on, on your fandom of that album and Oasis well, generally, <laughs> don't. Yeah. Don't relax. Relax. It's okay. I am relaxed. I'm relaxed. Can you tell me the whole track listing from What's the Story, Morning Glory, from start to finish? Yes, I could quite easily. Uh, do you want to do it for the lovely ladies and gentlemen who are listening? Okay, so here we go. Hello. Uh, by the way, Hello is probably one of their most underrated songs. I, I think uh, they can't add it to anything like any compilation or any best of because Gary Glitter wrote part of it not with them but he they 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 really? sample Gary Glitter yeah they sample a Gary Glitter song well, nobody ever yeah yeah that's it's not that it's just in the chorus anyway hello roll with it yeah Wonderwall don't look back in anger hey now um the swamp song part one um some might say cast no shadow yeah great song do you remember i played that yeah 
Um, She's Electric. Yeah. Morning Glory. Yeah. Swamp Song Part Two. Yeah. The the Redux, and of course Champagne Supernova. Oh, I can't believe you got that. But it's my favourite. You know, most people get that. Like the full track. I'd probably do that with some Block Party albums, actually. Maybe maybe when they celebrate their fifth anniversary or whatever. Twenty fifth. Yeah. No, actually, most of those indie bands that I like, though, they've been you know going for about fifteen years. So that's how time flies. And how yeah. to considering that these XFM shows that we're about to re- review, they came out in 2002, didn't they? Good Miles, professional link back Thanks to the main much. subject yeah, area of the show. So some people, some people say, oh, they don't like the bit at the beginning where we kind of talk randomly. Some people say they do like that bit. So I never know how far we should go. But let, let, let's anyway, as you mentioned it, we'll get to the main topic. Well, the main topic is the Ricky Gervais show, XFM. And we're just kind of going through each show in order and just giving our thoughts and review and things like that of it this week i believe is episode 32 it's 33 33 okay and uh what can you tell us a little bit about it Miles? of course i can gaz of course i can what? don't say what? gaz, gaz. Never, that's I the first time you ever called me I, gaz I, I sort of stra- i went to say it then i said it uh this week we discuss episode 33 5th of april 2003 steve runs to the local mcdonald's to fetch five hamburgers for carl to stuff in his mouth in an attempt to break a world record i'll put a link to the original uh show in the description so please do listen to that via man moth and then return to us for our little debrief hi hello hi again yeah we didn't we didn't even take a break there we no, just said hi straight away we pretended like professionals what are your initial thoughts on this episode? Because it's quite just to people yeah. regard this as like one of the the best episodes. Yeah, I mean, I can see why it's kind of seen as as that. The world record breaking attempt, the attempt are are quite unique. There isn't anything like that on any other show. Like they they do bits where Carl touches Steve's foot, I think, or takes his sock off. You know, they <laughs> do stuff like that, off. which is similar. But this is like. I think that it's, it's a unique show for that reason. I personally like the show, but I do feel that um, there are moments that leave me not feeling entirely comfortable with the amount of antagonism that Carl is getting. And the way it's again, because we talked about this before, it's not he could call Carl a dozy twat or whatever. 10 times a show and it will be fine you know but it's when his tone changes and here his tone changes a little bit a couple of times and uh, we'll, we'll go into it in more detail when we, as we discuss the episode but I don't like it I don't like it when he's like that having said that it's a great episode you, you know you get something in this episode you don't usually get you know you he's genuine trying to stuff burgers, burgers on the radio <laughs> not even eating he's not even allowed to eat eat them it's uh it's a good it's a good show though it's uh, i it, i wouldn't have it for the reasons i just said i wouldn't have it up there with some of my favorites i will just say there's one um bit that i always always skip through i always like on my ipod i always just you know, press it to about sort of two or three minutes. Right, Granddad, iPod. And, is that classic as well? Isn't that like what everyone uses? I don't know. Do people use iPods anymore? Email in. 
Spinnerspodcast yeah. at gmail.com. Do you ski, yes or no? You- I, I, um, I always skip. I find this so awkward. The bit at the beginning, close to the beginning, where they're having a go at Carl, which is fine, and I don't skip it because it's offensive or not funny or anything like that. I just, it's just script cringe. Like, you know when the hairs, you know when you get a tingling going up your spine? Like yeah. you get tingling and it can be a good thing or a, or a negative thing. And this is this is what I get when I listen to this. And when I listen back to this show, I heard it all through again. And it was just so cringe where Steve says, you know, you said you said be there at six. And Rick is like, no, you told Steve be there at six. And Carl's going, no, I didn't. I didn't. And Steve, and Steve, I said I said I'll be around six. And then Steve reads out a text and it says, see you around six, question mark. So and you just said it around. so cringe. And then Ricky's like has to say, like he's really ganging up on Carl, but then he has to say, no, no, actually he did say it, Steve. Like I don't know why, I just yeah, find why that. Why do you find that cringy? cringy? Like I don't find it offensive in any way. I don't find Carl they they treat Carl badly, too badly. It's a bit annoying for Carl. I, I think it's a bit out of order, but fine. I don't skip it because I think it's not funny. It's just so cringe. Like that Steve is just. I think Steve is embarrassed a lot on air i'm not saying steve feels embarrassment from that moment but he it's very embarrassing for steve because he's so he's got ricky behind him behind it yeah 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 he said six so and then he reads out the text and it's exactly what carl said he said basically and it backs up carl's side of the story anyway we won't we're not going to spend, don't worry, we're not going to spend the next 58 we're minutes. We're not social to, psychologists. But, no, but I, I just find that um, that moment cringe. I just wonder if anyone else did. Clearly not you. But um, I like that that bit. I, I wouldn't skip that bit. But my I feelings t- towards this whole episode have changed dramatically because I used to always skip the Guinness World Records bit because it was just, it is like Ricky said, it's just too noisy and chaotic and people eating bird, burgers uh, and stuff. Eat it, eat it. He does that <laughs> next week. <laughs> I, I and I don't like hearing people eat on air and stuff like that. No one does, I'm sure. By the way, Mars, sorry, oh, sorry, I forgot. I've bought some grapes. Do you do you know how much of grapes I bought? Do you know how much it cost me when he no. weighed them? Four pounds and five p. I've got so many. I just picked the biggest. I just picked a bunch. So anyway, we can do something on that. Like, sorry, I just yeah, I, I forgot to say money. And the world records, I can link these two together because I'm professional like that. You tell Miles once, you give him some compliment that he did something well. Like he will, he will take that and, and internalize it and 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 disseminate as much as he can, as many times as he can. Like I just, you did it well once. Anyway, go on. Cheers, and I'll do it well again. 89p per hamburger. That was a, he bought five hamburgers, Steve Merchant, and it came to three pound forty five. I did the same calculation today using the twenty twenty McDonald's menu. Four pounds forty five for the equivalent. So it's oh, inflation. That's, a, that's, that's tiny inflation though. That's we're talking it. we're talking twenty years. Yeah. You know, Ricky says double it every ten years, which isn't correct, but it should be you know, I would have thought that, you know, you would double something probably in twenty years. Are you sure? Yeah, mate, I did the calculations. I didn't even order anything, unlike you. I've had two McDonald's this last week. (laughs) I can't believe you. I'm just so surprised that you even eat McDonald's. I I just can't. In your lonely flat, on your rocking chair, listening to your Oasis in the dark, eating a McDonald's hamburger. And I wish to be, this town holds no more for me. (laughs) Sitting in my rocking chair. Actually, that's the one thing I want. Even put like a chip into a fishbowl. No, if I if I have I don't have a fish as you know my fish died. No, no, sorry, I know it's a sauce. He named the sitcom after him. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah I 
don't really sit in McDonald's in my lonely, lonely flat eating McDonald's all the time. But I have had McDonald's far more often. Like I got one about three or four months ago and it was the first I'd had for about three years. And since then, about 12. So I just I I always order the same as well. I love it. Anyway, anyway, yeah, I might might get one now. <laughs> but the um, you know, because Steve goes out to McDonald's about halfway through once they've they've got the book that cost him eighteen ninety nine in borders, and the McDonald's that, that that they go to, the one in Leicester Square, it's almost become a bit of a pilgrimage for people. The amount of like Reddit threads and stuff that I've read, or people who I've spoken to, oh, and they say, to oh, if I went to London, yeah. I'd go to the McDonald's in Leicester Square. Out of like, <laughs> what you choose that over? <laughs> Imagine if <laughs> yeah, I go to bed. bed or something. <laughs> Imagine if Tyre still works there. Hopefully she's been promoted. Because I, I was thinking she could be a guest. She's so sweet the way she just sort of says good luck. You know, it's yeah. just very sweet. But, um, yeah, absolutely. I've been to that McDonald's in Leicester Square and thought the same thing. It's funny how kind of because I've also been to the one on um, uh, Oxford Street, which they talk about. I think that's the one Ricky's referring to when he says, you know, he stood up, he got free chips. But, Stuart yeah. Evans, interestingly, on, online, he said um, on our Twitter at Spinners Podcast, he said this was the one and only time we heard merch actually spending money. And it was live. Literally forgot they were on air. They'd got call because like, they have that discussion before it, which I find so funny. Give it, bear in mind, Rick is sitting there pretty much even by that stage, a millionaire. They're, and he's just he's just orchestrating Stephen Carl to kind of discuss who's going to spend the money and he's not even offering so actually i don't think steve steve went there but as far as they sort of conclude on the show before we'll never know for sure but carl actually forked out the money to steve and he's going to get reimbursed by xfm so you know (laughs) he mentions that at the end of the episode because at the start he's moaning about them too he's like you annoy me in different ways, Steve. Like, well, yeah. He lists all the reasons why he, he hates work. Cla- that is a classic moment. That's probably that's probably one of the things that makes it a seminal show for those people that find it. Yeah, it's fan- it's fantastic. Just like, how does he annoy it? And Ricky just jumps on it straight away. Like, how does he annoy you? But get him gig, gig tickets he doesn't go to. Get him, get him a free bag and he doesn't want it. He comes yeah. in late with songs that need editing. And but so, you know what I mean? All those things are reasonable things to dislike. Like, I'm not saying if I met Steve, I'd like him overall, but they were so entitled. They expect to turn up. And to be fair, pre- presenters do do just generally do what the producers do. They are the, the talent, if you will. So Carl is doing his job. Um, we'll get to an interesting point about that later and XFM in the community. That's coming up later. You know, they are being real and to themselves, which is, you know, lends itself to having these arguments. I think that Ricky and Steve genuinely all right, they're the presenters, but Carl is right on, on, on a lot of these arguments. Don't get me wrong. I still think it's funny a lot of the time that he's antagonised. I just find this show, it's too much and it's a bit, it, it turns a little bit nasty. Whereas songs of phrase, right, might sound crap, but if you're going to do the phrase, my neighbour had a horse in a house, to, to get anything is pretty impressive. Do you know what I mean? Like, it sounds, yeah. But, but it, is, it is by far the worst song it of the is, but think of how, what other songs could you use for that you can't there aren't many we we're, we're going to call well one of that we never did but one of the potential names for this show was just in because we love that so much we, <laughs> we just, i don't put in all the right places remember we looked that song up it is the worst pile of dog shit song yeah it's out of all the songs within in the title you could even have had 
jump in Jack Flash. You could have, yeah, you Jack, could have, Jack, a lot, you could have even had that, and it would have been better. So he's talking about how much that the guys annoy him, and then he comes back to it at the end. It does have a lovely narrative, this this one, because it kind of goes back. And no one comes out of the show very well, actually. No one does. I think Carl comes out well. I think Ricky and Steve come out a little bit, a Ricky little badly. As an absolute bully, particularly by the end, where like I do understand what you see when you you know we've had we've talked about episodes that make you uncomfortable. I do also skip the last bit of this episode because it's when he loses it and monkey news i feel like he's performing a bit i don't feel like that's genuine anger i feel like no i've got to keep up to keep up uh, appearances like over you know that's how the relationship should play out on the show i think he's being actually quite self-aware then goes it's not a story what are you talking about Ricky, why why are you getting so passionate about this? And no, we'll get to, we'll get to that in X. Actually, on all in all seriousness, if you are interested in this discussion, in X Fame in the community, we've got a couple of bits of feedback that lend itself to the discussion around that point. And I've I, I'm going to talk about that. So. Yeah, I, I do agree with you, but I'm not going to say any more at this stage because I will say it later. No, but, that's cool. Um, that does make me feel uncomfortable. It just makes me laugh when he gets to the end. And this is, again, about money. A lot of this show is about money. Yeah. <laughs> and he says, it's not worth going for the stress for 30 quid. And then Ricky goes, you lying. You lying. Little- I, know, I, know, I know that you get paid more than that. Not that much more, I'll tell you. I would be pissed off at this, actually. I had a similar encounter at work where someone was making me, because um, I'm working from home, as you know, Someone at work had, had told me I need to make an international call to America on my phone. And I'm like, sod that. And it's like, yeah, but you can claim on expenses. On expenses. And I'm like, no way. After wait, you, you literally have to wait weeks for that stuff. Kyle is right on that. You know, on, it's not this episode, but it's a different one. So I'm not going to do that because I don't want to have the rack up a fucking phone bill. Just I'm a bit tight like that. And but I would uh, don't say anything. I just said yes. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, I've said all I'm gonna say. And, yeah, to go to Borders whilst you're having a pint <laughs> to get a fucking twenty quid book. So I'm actually out of pocket when I get to the end yeah. of this week. But this, and he's doing it all to earn a kitchen and to buy a kitchen as well. That's a funny. That's a very funny thing, you know, when he said. Suzanne said we want a new kitchen that that's a great line and again there's there are classic moments in this show but I just do feel like they are out of order and one thing at the end the worst bit I think of the whole show is and I, I don't think it's a bad show overall by the way but the worst part I hate this kind of tone and of when anyone does this I've known people to do it to people in my life and it's horrible when Carl's speaking at the end I can't remember exactly what he's saying and and Ricky goes uh, like then he's not acting is oh. that's what you do to a child like uh, you're not actually saying a word but you're just saying uh, 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 excuse me excuse me you're not saying excuse me but you're just it's in it, it, like excuse me you dare talk over me and actually at that point i don't think he's acting i don't i i feel like he's he's genuinely been annoyed it just slight you know and that's the sort of ricky we see more often now I won't, we won't go too much into that. We talked about that in other episodes. Check them out. But it's so horrible, and it's only a little thing. Like it's just, but that little bit is so disrespectful to someone to do. And it's and it's and it, don't get me wrong. When he antagonises Carl, it's very funny usually, and I like it. Even even though he Carl doesn't always deserve it. Yeah, he, Carl knows it's for the balance of the show, and he accepts it for that reason. So I can I can live with it. But this those moments like that, they're not funny. And they're not 
and they're horrible so you've got nothing what have you got out of that moment that's that's good it's just it's just a bit of a nasty moment but having said that i'm not coming out of the show saying ricky was being a terrible person or really out of order i'm just saying it's more like his balance which he gets he generally gets right in series two and one and three even he's 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 tipped the balance a bit and it and it's come off another name of one of his uh shows that he wanted to do the in the early days yeah it was it's disgusting i won't go into it okay, I talked exactly. to but um but yeah i think that carl what carl's doing basically is bloody hard like and you can take the piss out of him but you've got to be funny with it the whole thing's coming off the back of them having a bit of a fallout in the pub and get him not getting there at six and you know that's yeah. another thing him not getting there at six what they like, and it's so insulting for ricky to say You've got one job. We've got loads of jobs. Don't you understand? Actually, Ricky's got lots of jobs. That's true. But he's the boss of almost all of them. So he can he's in charge of his own time. So he can easily get somewhere at six. Carl might have one job. And Carl's absolutely right. It's one job, but with lots of jobs in it. But it's an incredibly stressful, tiring like job that involves lots and lots of things so yeah it it might be difficult for you to get there at six god if if my mate got there at 20 to six 20 past six and but i knew he was doing a job like that i'd just say i wouldn't make a thing of it but i can imagine that night not on the show but that night when they were out ricky made that a point ricky wouldn't stop going on about that i'm sure like that he got there late and steve and steve backs up ricky you know and so it must have been it must be horrible for carl so that that evening show kind of is a continuation of that and i that's why i don't really feel that warmly towards this show i would have loved to have been in that pub though it's because like i was like i was saying cheeky freak think of that think of that yeah. as a normal thing that you hear yeah, and that's fine at one point you're trying to be sick on my leg like and then, that's fine <laughs> that's all fine that's funny that's that's funny that's but it is annoying when someone doesn't tell no, of course don't get me wrong it's but i'm just saying they they should understand carl's job you know and the, like another episode that isn't this is another one previously they say they were meeting someone and carl says i got stopped in the corridor i don't care well actually you should kind of care because what's carl got to what carl can't just do whatever ricky can just speak to whoever he wants or just go on his way or whatever because he's the boss of everything he does and he's earned that right but carl isn't if carl gets stopped by someone in the corridor about something really important that's on tomorrow's morning show or something he has to stay there and talk about it and so but ricky and steve don't appreciate that in fact not only do they not appreciate it they make him feel even worse by saying we've got lots of jobs you've only got one again putting him down a bit yes and one of the little interactions that i like in this show is when ricky well ricky says you're allowed to play one track a year yeah that's a funny like it's what was it again I can't even remember. It was um. Yeah. I could literally hear it in my head, but I can't for life remember what it was. And he goes, "New music, new music." Because actually, we've got some great stuff coming up. Ricky slagging off like his choice. Just Carl just says, "If you're from the 70s, you might like yeah, it." And that's a sign that they are genuinely being quite argumentative today, like off air as well as on air, like because they've obviously had that discussion off air. Because there are there are lots of times when they are acting in their. Uh, reactions to each other like not scripted acting but just acting but that isn't one of them i think that's genuine like oh absolutely carl is taking the dig there because he's just so pissed off at like the ricky and steve's general attitude and i would be as well but it's so funny isn't it because at the end like i was saying who comes off worse here 
I think it's Steve because he gets kicked off the pub quiz team. <laughs> that's who, oh, well, that's, it's, yeah. it's so funny when Carl goes, I'll tell, tell you what, Rick, I'll tell you what, just because he's been annoying me and you, you're annoying me, yeah. you know last week you're snagging me off about the pub quiz? Well, it doesn't matter because you're not part of it. I goes, whoa, Ricky loses it. Do you know what? I can actually hear Ricky's laugh now after those because I can identify what he's laughing at when. It's so funny when you memorised it as much as we have. But it's true that why yeah. are you having a go? At St- why would you? Most of your vengeance should be against Ricky, not Steve. But Steve comes out worse because there's. Hold on, you're too scared to take on Ricky. You know that I'm the easy target. You know that I'm a nice guy. And then he says, which is, a, I mean, this will be one of my favourite quotes. But the truth of the matter is, Ricky Gervais is keeping you in burgers and grapes, which is a fantastic. Yeah, uh, well, I I would say that actually Steve deserves Carl to have those digs at him because of how Steve does treat Carl during this sort of general period actually of, of shows this sort of run of shows like if you if you were in series one Carl says the most horrible things to Steve and genuinely nasty things like it was a different dynamic but by now it's kind of Steve it does yeah. have a digs at uh, Carl but Steve is right that Carl Carl focuses on Steve rather than Ricky because he knows it's Ricky's show, you know, but Ricky's kind of earned that right because it's his show, you know, but Steve is is right with that. Like Carl does um, disproportionately um, show his sort of anger at Steve. Steve is a much easier target than Ricky for a start, but also, you know, Steve does still deserve, you know, some digs from Carl. I think, I think that's right. I think some, more digs at Steve is fine. You should just balance it out by having more digs at Ricky as well. It's the Ricky Gervais show, so what are you going to do, the producer? But this show does sort of wrap everything up, actually, because do you feel like there's a sense of everything's reset when we get to the next episode? Because I know it's, yeah, this it's is like a trend with the shows. They they go for long periods of time where, you know, the antagonist, it's like a rising, you know, graph. You know, the, the, the piss taken and the antagonism reaches such a stage where you have, it's like a ticking time bond where you it literally just explodes and then they need they literally need like a week or two weeks to reset and that's the same you know if you go on holiday f- with someone for too long they get on your tits if you yeah. you know especially cars yeah do you know what i mean like, yeah no, when you talk about parents yeah not thought about it like that i guess yeah i mean yeah the antagonism i need to kind of think about it more deeply but you're probably right like the antagonism kind of if it's on a graph you know it's one of those it's going to sort of be a a famous you know famous v-shape because people talk of a v-shape recovery which is bullshit it won't happen from covid but uh, it's kind of a v-shape or a triangle shape like the antagonism goes up and up and up yeah it does kind of reset i think i think that's the same with i think friends yeah, most and people family go we through those moments like yeah yeah we we our relationships feel like that but actually there is not not really yeah. We don't no, really argue. No, but I'm saying that when things do reach ahead, they reach ahead, and it's been building up for a few weeks. But then you know, but then you need you need to know just to give it a break, then, don't you? If it's if you can sense things are getting yeah. too stressful, you sort of. This is the thing, though. Carl knows that this is an obligation for him. He has to get that kitchen. That's all he's worried about for Suzanne. Business and, exam. You know, he's quite sweet, really. Is I love it, but also he didn't give a shit who Ricky Gervais was. He treated him like normal, you know, and I quite yeah, like that. Yeah, he's, he's, I don't think he does. And no point does he register his celebrity only to take the piss out of it. Like when he talks about, didn't the helicopter come pick you up? Helicopter, yeah. Yeah, it's just that he, he does, he does not care who you are. Like he'll treat you the same. Like I think he gets that from his dad. 
Because oh, I think his dad would be like that. Like, even if you told his dad, I'm I'm working with Ricky Gervais' dad. Oh. So, no, he, you know, he probably not heard, heard of him. Like, okay. And then, you know, what are you <laughs> having for tea? You know, just move on to something else. Um, <laughs> do you know yeah. who killed Dan? Do you, do you know who killed Dan, son? Right? Flower companies. Yeah, yeah. Quite right, Dan. <laughs> When's that on? When's that When's on? That? But, um, yeah, it's, uh, I, I do feel sorry for Carl in this episode. I think that they go too far. The the level of abuse it's clearly come from maybe previous episodes but it's come certainly from their meeting in the pub that happened midweek uh, and getting off on the wrong foot with get, not getting there at bang on six uh, which he didn't actually even say that he was going to get there bang on six when it's revealed so I, I feel I actually feel quite sorry for Kyle I, I do like the episode it's got some stuff in it that is not in any other episode where. It's more of like a an idiot abroad kind of thing. It's the kind of sort of thing you like. It's it's giving Carl a big task to do. Like it's it's not something we sort of see in the rest of the XFM shows, except the odd time like where he removes Steve Soccer, as I say, and things like that. But it's like, right, we're we're going to give you something to do. That's okay. We're Guinness Book of Records. Try and beat this record. And um, I think that. You know, Carl does a bloody good job. You know, he's he going does. red. He's going red. He's eating, and he's here. actually when the grapes thing as well. Like Ricky, again, he he kind of you can tell. I think I think I can tell. I'm not sure, but I think I can tell when he's acting and complete and not acting in his reaction. And the grapes thing, he's like genuinely chastises Carl for eating only 62 grapes. In no, his he's doing it all for comical effect. Because when no, he no, does, no, 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 there's people starving. <laughs> for comic effect, it's just the very initial reaction. I absolutely judge it that yes, it's mainly for um, comic effect, but there is part of that that I believe is a genuine reaction, like a genuinely nasty kind of like you only eat 62 don't know why i think that but i just think it's in keeping with how ricky is in the rest of the episodes coming up we've got uh favorite quotes which is always good and xfm in the community where we read out your feedback from all of the correspondence we get via email and twitter so stay tuned and the d trout spinners vault is coming back yeah so that's when we select two of our favorite songs and we cast them into our spotify plays but like i said we do have a bit of music for you guys we like to provide a varied show here at the d trout spinners this is good and this is good this is good and this is from a band they're, well they're sort of like a tribute parody band i guess called hugh phase they're a parody is, band yeah yeah completely so basically they're a bunch of i don't know how many people are in the band but it sounds like just, 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 actually just because parody band sounds a bit pejorative like they are a parody band they're incredibly talented as a band like it's just it's actually like we flight of the concourse it's hard it's really hard to it's do hard music to be funny in songs parody. and they're basically they're avid listeners um that xfm shows and they've done, done a whole bunch of songs so we're going to play one of them now but I'll, I'll just read out what they said to us thank you for reaching out uh, and for your interest in sharing our music with your listeners um none of us were familiar with your podcast yet having been away <laughs> from the club, XFM... mate. <laughs> <laughs> no, no <one laughs> good company having been away from the xfm tapes for a few years now but a deep dive is definitely in order definitely this is the best time after a few years it's great to see that there are others out there whose illogical obsessions with those conversations lead them into hobbies that devour their free time in the interest of nothing else than honoring the xfm years for a dedicated few it would be great to plug our Bandcamp site which i'll put in the description and encourage people to buy and download the album but it is also available on my streamer services they also said well done for securing uh, an interview with dickie anson any chance you can track down the holy grail that is paul the party animal parker 
He gets yeah, a that... lot of love, doesn't he, Paul Park? I've never got it with him, to be honest. Well, no, he's not. He just emails him once or twice. And he's. I think he's in the um, podcast. He's not in the, yeah, it's the podcast anyway. So he seems more of... Yeah, I mean, Dickie Anders is the legendary figure. To, to track down Paul the anim, Party Animal Parker would be nigh on impossible. Anyway... So this is... I've heard this. It's very good. This is uh, Hugh Faze with Manchester. Back in the Manchester days Cycling round and round the estate Thirteenth birthday and I'm buying a cake And some potatoes from Hugh Faze Taxi with my dad again. He's gotta pick up Mrs. Potato Head. He put that spasm away in there. He starts to get out of hand. Drive past the old horse in the lounge. Been saving up money for my head around to buy a Christmas gift for my mom. You can listen to them. I'll put a link in the description on Bandcamp. They're also on Twitter and loads of uh, streaming services. So I do highly recommend listening to uh, the rest of the tracks. And we'll actually play one uh, as we lead out of, of this week's episode. And we've just been discussing the week where they tried to break a world record attempt, eating five burgers 
uh, and some no, great free burgers in your face. Free burgers, okay. Faster. Shall we do some of our favourite quotes? Yeah, I've got a tight five this week, so let's try and make it five. I've got, got slightly few more than that, but I'll get from quickly. Okay, go on. You start. Okay, as one emailer said, a dickhead. A dickhead. Yeah, absolutely. I well, like that's that. that's not a funny quote. That's that's actually like a nice quote to read out because it's kind of true. It's good in it. Good value. Good. That was one of mine. Has to tow coconut. It's the fastest coconut huster in the world. I love that. What is he trying to say there? Huster to coconut. coconut, but he has to huster to coconut. He says. <laughs> we've we've already talked about this, and I it is it, a classic. But people, do you know what I mean? Staring at me all the time if I'm walking around with Steve. <laughs> he he says that at the right time, doesn't he? Um, he got tea all over the world. Smallest man. Yeah, that's great. I love it. Um. Next week, Carl, you'll be eating Sony Walkmans. <laughs> That's it, a good does, it does date the show, doesn't it? So that is definitely. That is the latest technology then. I don't, again, I don't know who this man is and I've got no interest in football, but sorry, Paul Ince. Yeah, so good. That did, that was a good, like Carl's analogy there is a good one because that is what happened to Paul Ince. It'll be asking, I don't know, someone who got run over to play Frogger. <laughs> well, he does, he does a great one just because you have to be bloody Jay Goody to get them in there. That does date it, that, that, that reference. Date it, yeah. Um, Drink eight pints. That's yeah, so this, cool, though, isn't it? About um, Because he did actually have an alcohol problem, didn't he? Um, John, what was his name? Oh, John Thompson. Yeah, because he did actually suffer so from alcohol, didn't he? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. He's known. Like, but they, both, they all did in that show because uh, yeah, the main one as well. Um, it, That's not libelous. <laughs> actually, that is quite libelous. <laughs> Let's just say they... They like the old drink, and we'll leave it at that. <laughs> uh, this is my last. This is my last quote. Uh, again, love it. Shite. Shite. That's good. No, no, he doesn't go shite. He goes sh. Shite. I love uh, Ricky's <laughs> very good at that because he he plays the role that he should play. Like sh, so, you would say, "Oh, I'm so frustrated. I nearly want to swear." So he goes. Yeah. Sh. But then he says the swear word anyway. That's a classic Brentism, like something like that. And also when he goes, oh, for f- just let you know, get into a swear word, but not saying the swear word. No, but but what's funny about Rick is that you, that's everything a presenter should do. Get to the swear word. Don't say it. Shouldn't even reference it, but don't say it. But then Ricky not only does that reference to it, he then actually says the swear word. The rest of the word, yeah. Not. So actually, um, yeah, I love him for it. And that's my last quote. I've got just two more. Yeah, blockbusters are good, but you never see him eating grapes. And of course, I think both of our favourite quotes for this episode has got to be, and I'm surprised you didn't say it, was pathetic. Pathetic. Well, I I think pathetic, the reason I didn't is because there's quite a few instances where pathetic is said, I think, on the shows, like... And I, I didn't want to pick it, but you're absolutely right. Now I, I now I feel like I should have picked it because it, yeah. it is, it is. Well, something we say to each other all the time. Pathetic. It's just I don't know why Lisa Stansfield's so funny, but it's. Just, it's it is like he's already pissed off Ricky, and look, but he's like he's going through these bands. Ricky's like yeah yeah yeah, and he goes Lisa Stansfield in <laughs> because he's already struggling like to get Ricky's kind of attention and to get Ricky's buy-in with the whole thing. Ricky disagrees with just when he gets to that. Lisa Stansfield and it's just the pause <laughs> and it is like pathetic and it yeah it's, it is oh. yeah absolutely I I don't know why I didn't pick it because it is the best the best example of pathetic on pathetic. the but it, it just was one I, I don't know I just... Steve, Steve's laugh as well is so lovely after that and Steve's got he's got this lovely sort of high laugh you know 
Um, I know some. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As we move into uh, XFM and the community, which is um our next sort of mainstay of the D Chout Spinners with Miles and Gary, I just want to give a special shout out to somewhat a listener on YouTube called Jesse Aruju. I'm gonna definitely say that wrong. Definitely got that wrong. It's alright, it's okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Matt. If I got that wrong, really do apologise. And he's been listening on YouTube, which we do actually have a Detroit Spins YouTube page. But basically, Jesse has been messaging week on week. He's literally binge listened the whole of the Detroit archive, and he's put all of his favourite quotes in the comments section of each of them. So just yeah, a special shout out, Jesse. And he's actually just just caught up with um the shows. His favourite quotes of ours or favourite quotes of the Ricky Gervais show, I assume. No, yeah, the favourite quote, yeah, yeah, not ours. And nothing we say is quotable in any way. No, no, it's, it's a, in fact it should it should stop certain phrases being used publicly. <laughs> what a load of shite. Um, okay, so firstly, I asked um, on Twitter, I did a poll. What's at Spinners the, Podcast? At Spinners Podcast. Uh, what's the absolute best series of the XFM Ricky Gervais show? Comment your reasons below. These results are very interesting to me. And roughly what were the choices with, available? Roughly in line with what I expected. There were 93 votes. The, actually, Twitter, you can't add a fifth option. I would, I would have put Series 0 in there, but it's basically Series 1, Series 2, Series 3, Series 4. You know the results of this anyway, so I won't ask you. But basically, Series 2 came out the um, convincing winner with 76%. Series 1, in a distant second, 13% of... Series three, then nine percent of respondents, and series four got two percent. So I'm glad each one did get something. But I'll I'll just read out some reasons here below. So Yusuf, for a start, this is one that doesn't agree with the main main way of thinking. I prefer series one. Series two is a stone cold classic. I think you can see the genesis of the podcast in there. Ricky is desperate to cram as much Carl as he can into the shows, and I think it's to the detriment of the quality on occasion. Both incredible, don't get me wrong. Yeah, I I I've, we've got some thoughts coming up on sort of series one two that might stem from your part of XFM in the community but I, I tend to agree with you Yusuf although actually let's before we go through some other comments what's your favourite what's let's do ours you know what's your uh, favourite series, you series pick- 2 definitely if, if I had to but I think series 3 has like some great moments as well but this is when the show feels at its at its best you know it strikes the right balance with everything that I want from like the perfect XFM show which I, I would pick series 2 but as this well in- but it's interesting that a lot of people in that poll did say series one. Like, um, yeah, well, not, not, a lot, not, not a lot, but we got about, there's about, let me just work this out, 93. So probably about 12, 12 votes, 12, 12 out of 90, which is not bad. Yeah, I kind of, Yusuf prefers series one. I understand why people would prefer series one. Obviously, we, we've kind of decided to come up into this podcast in series two. I think series two is like both early enough and late enough that as you say it's got a good mix so it's early enough that they haven't changed radically and they're not just almost not quite they don't ever do this but they almost start scripting when when once it gets to the podcast they start scripting or almost what what's going to be said they start planning so it's early enough for that not to have happened but it's also late enough for Carl to have become integrated into the show to a point where he is very entertaining. Because so, because Carl Carl takes time to develop into the the man that he sort of becomes. At the start, you know, he didn't really want to say anything in those early episodes. He was always being prodded with a stick. He literally just wanted to sort of sit there in the background before becoming like you know part of 
you know, the regular three, as, as it were, like being advertised as Ricky Gervais, Steve Merchant, Carl Pilkington. You know, they, they did make him, if you if you want to give it a phrase. But uh, let me but read some more. Qu- yeah, go for it. Sorry. Right, yeah. so, can't they kind of address things like what you're, what you're saying? Yeah, anyway, Stuart Evans says, series two. The Merchant Pilkington argument era, you can see how they grew um, to have enough of each other, bless them, but it was sheer joy the years we had, lads. Great, good, absolutely true. Um, Travelling Blade, which who is uh, Katie, says, uh, Series 2 wins because of its sheer size and thus the amount of content it has. Uh, Jordan Kirby says, Series 2 all day, start of Rockbusters, Monkey News, Songs of Phrase, best series by a mile. That is important because the features... The features are better. Yeah, well, they're, they're just there are features. There aren't features as, as so much. Well, there's, there's things like knob news and, and later. Uh, yeah, that's a bit later. I don't, I don't. Is there knob news in series one? No. No. So there's there is, isn't a Carl feature really in series one. We've got Ronnie Ecker. Definitely the second series. So many great things started there. Educating Ricky, Rockbusters, Monkey News, on a similar vein to the last quote. Uh, it was all evolving during that time before it became more of a routine later on. Still funny. I agree with him. It did become Yeah, that's true. And, but yeah, there, it is still funny. You listen to those podcasts, they're more entertaining than a lot of things you get on me, in media today. They're just nowhere near as good as the series that we're, we're on at the moment. This is, is my captain playing? Okay, I think series two is the perfect sweet spot of Kyle being a fresh part of the show and getting involved. By, by three and four, they're all such big stars. The vibe is different. That's a good point that no one's made so far is that, you know, Carl became by the series three and four. Carl was quite well known, whereas at the beginning of this series, we enter with Carl not being known by anyone at all uh, outside of the station and his family and friends. It does. I don't think it changes the vibe of Carl so much, but it changes the way Ricky and Steve react to Carl. I would say, but if my captain playing makes that point, James Jagger says later episodes of series one for me. Carl starts to open up and everything he says is a genuine surprise to Ricky and Steve. Plus, it's when we first heard about the horse in the house. Of course, classics like that, you know, series one is great. I actually would say series three is even better, but anyway, that's so just a couple of. um, I think series one does a lot of like the groundwork that that take on a life of their own like he talks about the horse and the house that of course comes back in series two and you know all, all these little things like he mentions the names of you know auntie Nora and stuff like that but they because they take on a life of them of their own when when you yeah two like in series one talking about the groundwork and ricky says this on air you know carl's really happy with it feels at home with his opinions he feels like they're warranted like they're validated and i think there was he might have had like a bit of a confident confidence of crisis you know in those early shows because it i've been in those positions before we like oh do i really think that you know do i really go with that is this my opinion is this what i'm gonna say but when it gets to series two he does not care that he will just say whatever he wants and he's not afraid of you know that being the wrong thing to say or the right thing to say but he is just speaking his truth, which is a lovely thing to, to hear yeah, on radio. Uh, yeah, no, I tend to agree with that, that mate. Um, so we've got Gregor, Gregor Swanson says, I think it's serious too. Lots of Carl's legendary stories are told for the first time and Ricky and Steve are still in disbelief about some of them. Carl also came up with some of his best features, such as Rockbusters and Songs of Phrase. We got lots of people mentioning that, you know, the features. I think that's mm-hmm. that's key for a lot of people. Don McLeod says, Death Series 2. 
Carl really comes into his own and they become a real trio. Good point. Series 2 opens up with a, and a cat that did not look happy and the manhole cover that was never seen again. No contest. That was HRH Dominic Dice. Good point. Again, it's a great opener. Series 1, Series 2, sorry, has a great opener. Ma- Matthew Jones, Season 2 of Ricky's impression of Del Boy. Um, worst impression ever of anyone. Like, least accurate impression ever, but most funny. Beachy Rocket says, I agree with the above, but Series 4 has all my... F- oh, this is an interesting, because she's Series 4. I agree with the above, but Series 4 has my all-time favourite episode, the very final one, where it just descends into utter shambles. The episode completely sums them up. I feel drained today. That's right. Series 4 is saved by I feel drained today, and how are we going to get them up there? Like those, <laughs> yeah. those two things make that whole series, I think. Without that, it's a good series, but it's, it's, I don't think anyone would have voted for it. But Beachy Rocket like that most. And we'll just do uh, three more. Dominic Booth says, Series 1 is the genesis of Carl. Him in his purest form. Series 2 is obviously classic, but they're milking him for humour by then. Simon Collins says, whichever series featured the man moth, which is Series 2, isn't it? Series 2, yeah. So, and uh, and so that's it. So thanks for your feedback there, guys. Not just voting in the poll, but you've given some really good and interesting reasons why you thought what you did. And um, we're going to try and put sort of a poll like this out every week. Sometimes we put joke polls out, like um, waste cats, waste money. But sometimes we put real ones out where we want your opinions and things. So that was that. And Miles, I believe, now has an email. Yeah, thanks for everyone taking part in the poll. Yeah, we had we had a good few emails. And um, Daisy, who is a D-Trouty, she coined the phrase D-Trouty. So did. forever thankful for that, you know. That is when you're a, you've listened to, you know, all of the D-Trout spinners. And um, they're all yeah. available online, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. She says, enjoying the XFM in the community episode this evening. And such a great point about the listenership being a small but dedicated fan base. My poor boyfriend listens to me try to explain tenuous links to the show that make me laugh daily. And now, sadly, he is further removed by me attempting to explain the appeal of your podcast. Can I just <laughs> jump in? Because that's kind of in response to last week or the week before we were you were asking. We, we were talking, got into discussion about if your partner. That's right, because one of our listeners had found his wife through the shows. Oh, and yeah, we were saying, yeah, would yeah. it be, have been a good thing if your partner was no knew about the shows or not? So that's what Daisy's referring to there. But I I'm lucky to have one friend who likes the shows as much as I do. Shout out to Neil. Hello, Neil. Hi, Neil. Uh, you've both been listening for years and mainly communicate with quotes or references. That's what I love, the fact that you can have a conversation that is just entirely done in quotes. Yeah. <laughs> you don't even need to tell stories. No, 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 um, I think something worse than having few friends to share at the show with is a problem i have where a few of my friends are big fans of the ricky gervais show or an idiot abroad but can't be asked to listen to the xfm shows it's their mistake so i've given up recommending it but i i have to listen to their bullshit about how much they love the guys and the show that's Um, that's a good point isn't it like how infuriating it is when i mean but that just comes from a very passionate place doesn't it like oh watch this or someone the equivalent of someone talking through a film and saying all of their favourite bits. Yeah, well, no, it's equivalent of someone saying, say to me, if it was like, check out this Oasis, and it was from one of the later albums where they they were all shit, and they, Liam's voice was shit, and he's like, oh, it's, it's brilliant. And I'm like, well, look, no, you've got all this stuff back here to listen to. No, 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 it's all right. I'm just going to keep listening to this, this um, you know, this later album where Liam's voice is shit. It's, it's that kind of, it's that, it's annoyed in that way. Like, I have this with my dad. Uh, my dad, love my dad great it's not an issue like we're not yep just go on to slag him off now not falling out but he loves 
Carl Pilkington and Idiot Abroad and all these things that he's on TV. I mentioned the podcast to him. He's like, nah, nah, I won't. I won't because bother. there's just the, it's, you just get overwhelmed. There's so much but stuff. People but, think all, but people think, but people listen to the podcasts. My dad won't even do that. But people listen to the podcasts and think they're amazing. So that's fine because you, you might do that. But as long as you're open to the idea of then going back to the XFM show, some people, they don't, once they've discovered something, they kind of don't want to go back. I, I think they think they're old. And let me tell you, they've aged pretty well. And they're, they're great. So l- last week um, when we did our listeners special, uh, Gary, you made a point about uh, sort of Rick- Ricky's persona, but particularly his Twitter account and the nature of the freedom of speech and the right wing press. Yeah. And Daisy goes on to say, I just wanted to say thank you for articulating how I felt about Ricky for the last few years, but struggled to step to say I think you're so right about him and the crossover with the right and the whole freedom of speech. I felt increasingly uncomfortable, especially very recently with his opinions on the transgender community. I see Ricky then and Ricky now as two separate people in order to listen to the shows with the same love and without twisting or tainting the more extreme or outlandish stories. I think if you listen to them with only knowing Ricky now, they could be seen totally different. That's an excellent point, Daisy. And I had read your email in the, you know, in the inbox before but I, I i think that's a very good point and i could say to you i could turn it around now and say to you thank you for expressing something i felt about ricky but hadn't been able to say in that way so you you've expressed that very well if you just know nick ricky now and you listen to the shows they could appear quite sinister the the insulting stuff that he's doing that we know yeah. it's ricky we we kind of buy into ricky as being completely it's all for a joke he doesn't mean any of it and it's kind of it's all for comedy and he's an excellent comedian and he knows what's funny and what's not and what to take the piss out of and what's not and he's very edgy but he doesn't believe all that stuff if you just knew him now and you listen back to the shows you would start to think is this this guy is quite can be quite like a nasty guy not i'm not talking about how like we've talked today like how he is with Carl but I'm talking when he talks about nationalities and gay people and just the way he's not terrible anything he says but it's just if you knew Ricky now only you would they can appear quite sinister whereas if you Ricky then it's just for a laugh and you're right I think we all do that separate Ricky into two different people that's expressed very well Daisy thank you for is there any more Daisy no, that that's it for XFM and the community, guys. Um, and if you want to get uh, do so uh, via the usual ways, which is spinnerspodcast at gmail.com or on Twitter, which is at spinnerspodcast. We're also on YouTube and all the other sort of uh, places where you get your podcasts. So do uh, do check it out. Do like and subscribe. Give it a five-star rating as well if you want. Or upwards of four, I'd say. I'd say upwards of one, downwards of four. So somewhere in between two and three. Okay. We don't disagree on everything here at the D-Chart Spinners, but, no. you know. Um, no, we did get one two-star rating, and uh, actually it was quite annoying, but I didn't hear the end of it for about three <laughs> weeks. So please rate us five stars, because I'll get in the ear from Miles. Not criticising me, but just saying, oh, how could how could this happen, you know? Um, so that was, that was a, I, I, I like that show. That was fun. Now, I think this is the XFM playlist, and this is available in the description. This is basically a collection of our favourite songs, essentially. Yeah, so now, I, I you know, I haven't picked Oasis even half of the time, but I am unashamedly going to pick an Oasis track today, and it's Cast No Shadow. It was when my grandpa died, there was two songs I was going to play. One was Whatever, and I did play that. Cast No Shadow was the other one I was going to play. I think I did play it during the show, but I didn't dedicate it to him, like, whatever. So 
whatever's not on the album cast no shadow is it's a great song very underrated and um liam's voice is as good as as good as you'll hear it so on the album track anyway and uh that's my that's my song this week do you know what you've actually caught me good good choice by the way and uh yeah i'm gonna have to make it all sentimental now aren't i as well i'm gonna have to no, say no, something you don't to because it's funny when <laughs> funny when you had a really sentimental reason for picking a song and it meant so much okay. to you and everything and then i just said blur song too it's the first yeah. song i scrolled Which past is a great song. okay so i'm gonna choose and i know we sort of joked about it earlier, but I, I'm a big block party fan. I'm not going to put that song in. Or you, I know what you're going to say. I'm going to pick um, a sort of less known track from <laughs> a Weekend in the City, which was one of my favourite albums. I know that. I think I know that. Yeah, right. <laughs> one of, it wasn't a single, but it was called Kreuzberg. And um, yeah, this album was great because it just, it literally was my life for a short period, which is, you know, go to London, be a bit of a hedonist, then feel really depressed and nostalgic about things, mm. which is what I saw. <laughs> How I live my life now. So we'll put both of those songs into the playlist and you can listen to um, everything else on Spotify. It is playlist. Yeah. So you, you always say you add it to the playlist. So I've always wondered, do you actually, how does that, I mean, how does it get onto their iPod? How do they, do they download it from our site? I don't understand. Like you always say you add it to the playlist. So I've just always wondered what you mean by that. Playlist. I don't even know if I can be bothered to explain this, but <laughs> I, I will. If you've got Spotify, yeah. Do you have Spotify? Yeah. No, no. Well, yeah, I pay for it, but I don't use it like everything. Netflix. Well, well, that's ridiculous. You should use it. You do the Martin Lewis thing where you do an annual, you do a, a monthly clean out of all your standing orders and your bank accounts and you get rid of anything you're not using. Anyway, if you've got Spotify and you search. <laughs> that's been as been financial. Is that XFM financial advice? <laughs> <laughs> it's good, isn't it? It's true, actually, though. Yeah. So if you if you search the Detroit Spinners playlist and we're there. And so basically, the I have to, there, so they can download it from our playlist. All there, all there. I have to manually okay. add them. But thank you for listening. We're going to play it. Mars going to play out another song, which is from um, Hugh Faze. Thanks for all your interactions this week. Daisy, your emails was great. And uh, everyone that responded to the poll, thank you very much. We have had other interactions and things on Twitter, but we, we just don't have time to get to all of them. But thank you so much for any interaction you do with us on any platform whatsoever. And um, yeah, next week we will... Are we going to do a D-Trap Spinners next week? Yeah, we, we'll we've done a Dutch recently. So, yeah, we'll do a D-Trap No, I look forward to that. Well, we'll be doing episode 34. I look forward to it. Thank, I, I'm going to echo everything Gary said. Thanks for listening, guys. And to play us out, Hugh Faze. See you next week. <laughs>
special place in my heart.